We're going to open our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, please. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I think most everyone knows that we have been teaching a series of lessons on the subject of divine healing. Uh, We've looked at... uh, a number of different uh, scriptures regarding uh, healing and redemption. And so healing was provided in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And so if healing was re- uh, provided in the redemptive work of Christ, then it belongs to us. I'll say it again. If healing was provided in the redemptive work of Christ, then it belongs to us. It is God's provision to every believer. Not one is excluded. All are included. In redemption, when it comes to Jesus being made our sin, taking our uh, sin upon himself so that we can be made righteous, anyone can have a right relationship with God. Anyone. Anywhere. Anytime. In our world. Anyone can know Jesus and have a personal relationship with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his being made sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God or have a right relationship with God. So that provision is made for everyone. And so the same is true regarding healing. Jesus was made sin, but he was also made sick. Isaiah 53, surely he hath borne our, what? sicknesses and carried our pains but he was wounded verse 5 Isaiah 53 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities and what the chastisement to give us peace was on him and with his stripes we are healed everybody say we are all right so healing was provided in redemption just like forgiveness of sin or God giving us the ability to have a right relationship with him. So healing belongs to us. He forgives, Psalm 103, he forgives all our iniquities, and he what? Heals all our diseases. So healing is a redemptive reality. It is not something that we have to make real or we have to pretend is real. It is real. It is a a reality that was provided in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So healing belongs to us as children of God, and it is the will of God for us to be healed. And we have uh, seen, actually last week we talked about uh, the fact that uh, the first step of faith uh, when it comes to healing, to receive healing from God, is to establish the Word of God and to establish it is the will of God for us to be healed. So that's first step. That's step one when it comes to receiving your healing from God or from Jesus. Well, today we want to talk about healing and how to receive it, how to uh, assimilate it in our lives, receive it in our lives. And so we're going to uh, look at Proverbs chapter 4. We teach on healing once a month on Sunday evenings, the third Sunday of the month. So we've taught this in the evening services at times, but 
uh, we're going to teach it this morning so that you also, those of you that may not be able to attend or do not attend the evening service when we have a healing service. So we're going to look at it from Proverbs chapter 4 and we'll begin with verse 20. My son or daughter, my son or daughter, you know, when God uh, is talking to us in the Bible, when he says man or, or he says son, uh, he's talking to everyone because the Bible is God talking to you, right? So my, my son, he says, do this, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, these words, are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now let's look at verse 22. For they, these words, are life unto those that find them, and they are health to all of their flesh. The Word of God is life to those that find them, and the Word of God is health to all of their flesh. Now, that is a pretty big statement, isn't it? That God's Word, He declares Himself, God says, that my words are life to anyone who finds them. Remember, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit, and they are life. Spiritual in their meaning, one translation says, Wade translation, and life-giving in their effects. So these words give life when received. These words produce health in your body when they are received. Now, reading that out of a couple other translations or a few other translations Uh, Taylor's Living Bible says, let them penetrate deep within your heart. King James says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. And then Knox translation says, let a man master them. They will become life and healing to his whole being. Let a person master them. You know, when I think of master, uh, you know, someone could be a master craftsman. Not so many of those left in our day, but a master craftsman, someone who is a master at their trade, somebody who has developed their skill and learned and worked at it over and over again and perfected their skill, right? So uh, he says, let a man master them. So when you master something, you are really uh, excellent at it. You've given yourself to it. You've done it repetitively. You've uh, perfected your craft. When you master the Word of God, then you uh, go ahead and give yourself to it. Now, we're going to uh, look at some verses of Scripture prior to this verse again, and we will see that in order for this Word to work to its best potential in our life, then we have to give ourselves to it. So he says, let a man master these words, and what will happen is they will bring life and healing to his whole being. Uh, Isaac Lesser says, and to all his body a healing. 
And then Rotherham's translation says, to every part of one's flesh, they bring healing. To every part of one's flesh, they bring healing. Now then, if we are talking about healing here, then you would primarily focus on healing verses. In other words, God's word produces what it says. So if you want divine healing in your life, then you want to master the word of God concerning healing. You want to listen to it. You want to attend to it. You want to hear it. You want to uh, see it. You want to meditate upon it until it becomes a part of you. So here he says that uh, these words will bring life, will bring life and healing to every part of one's flesh. Now, uh, I remember uh, years ago, I'm going to, uh, the margin of my Bible says it this way, medicine. It uses a word there where it says the word of God will be medicine to all your flesh. Actually, while I was going to Ramah, I just had some uh, things that I was dealing with physically. I was like, what? what's going on? It wasn't a big deal, but it, I went and got checked out. The doctor uh, talked to me, and, and he said this. He said about sugar, white sugar. He said white sugar uh, goes directly to the weakest part of your body, and it weakens it further. It becomes weaker than it was. So white sugar, I mean, of course, in our society, we eat a lot of white sugar. Most people eat a lot of white sugar. But he says what it does is it goes to the weakest point or weakest part of your body, and it weakens it further. Well, you know, I grew up, you know, I'm in, I grew up in the South, you know. You drink tea, you drink sweet tea. Some would call it syrup. All right, so you drink sweet tea. You know, also grew up poor, and so, uh, or you could go ahead and call it po. All right, poor, po. All right, so, so the drink that we drank as kids was Kool-Aid. And you know what that is. That's straight sugar. And so... You know, as a child, you might can get by with it some, but actually I think it's hurt a lot of children physically. Sugar. Now, this is not a, uh, I'm not a doctor, a medical doctor. I'm just giving you an example and illustration that occurred in my own life. So he said, he admonished me or encouraged me to cut down on my sugar intake. Now, I was going to Rhema, you know, when you're going to Bible school, you're young, and uh, Bible college, you're, you're uh, working your way through school, and, you know, I actually bought, I mean, remember those cans of Kool-Aid, right. with a scoop of Kool-Aid, put it in water, all it is, sugar, a little, a, a little flavoring there, who knows what the flavoring is, all right, so, and water, so, Man, you could be drinking for uh, uh, six weeks maybe on that can maybe. Man, you're set. And uh, so I was going to Bible school. And so uh, then there was this lady I actually rented from. That's a story in itself. I rented a, a room from an 80-year-old lady. And that was a, 
I believe God thing. She became like a grandma to me. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, so she, uh, she had a neighbor. And this lady, she worked at the hospital in the kitchen. So, Lord, you know, here I am. I got my Kool-Aid. I'm set. And then she brings us, you know, food all the time from the kitchen, leftover food. So uh, some of it you like, some of it you don't, but it was food, right? And so it was so much of it, I didn't have to eat what I didn't like. Well, then she'd bring you pies and cakes. Wow. So loaded on the sugar level. So anyway, so I, I learned from this doctor that about sugar and the intake of sugar. So I just started cutting down on my sugar intake. So I've been trained all my life to eat uh, grease. Yeah, man. Fried stuff. And, right? Trained all my life to drink sugar. Straight. You know, uh, a few years ago... Um, April, who is in the medical field, April, she uh, showed us how much sugar was in one Coke. She had a tube about this long, right, and, and about, what, uh, half inch in diameter? Ten teaspoons of sugar in one Coca-Cola. What, a 12-ounce Coca-Cola? In one 12-ounce Coca-Cola, ten teaspoons of sugar. Now, so that's straight to your system. And you wonder why you go, you know, it's like your eyes bug out and stuff, you know. It's like, I don't know why that is, but I'm a little hyper right now. So, and so, so you got the caffeine and the sugar mixed. Well, again, this is, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what I experienced. So I started cutting down on my sugar intake. And I would encourage anybody to cut down, at least cut it down. Right. You gotta, uh, so here we are in a learning of life. You know, when you're in life, it's a learning experience, isn't it? And hopefully we're learning as we go along. Uh, because otherwise, we're just going to do the same thing our parents did or same thing that was done in our environment, and we end up with the same results. And so, uh, we learn from natural things, but we also learn from the Scripture, learn from the Bible. And so, here in this uh, particular uh, situation, I cut down, and I believe it helped me and has helped me over the years to manage, uh, from a natural standpoint, my sugar intake. Because I want to live long, and I want to live strong. Everybody say, live long and live strong. So to live long and live strong, you got to manage your life uh, from the natural standpoint, but you also got to manage your life spiritually. And so here he says that the Word of God is what? Medicine to all of your flesh. Now, let's say if sugar goes directly to the weakest part of your body, we could say that that sugar somehow knows to go there. Or it's just the design. Obviously, it doesn't have a brain, but you understand it's just the way it is. It goes to that weakest part. All right, so let's say the Word of God, where does it go? 
it goes where it needs to go. It's smart. Amen? I liken it unto a smart bomb. Now, a smart bomb can land anywhere it needs to go. They know where they want it to go. They can set one on your living room table. And if they do, you'd like to not be home. So, so, so uh, it, it, a smart bomb knows where to hit, knows where to go. All right, so God, listen, he has designed his word to be smart. If anything smart, his word is smart. The wisdom of God is in his word. So the word of God goes to the place. It says his word is when you find it, it's life to you who find it. It's health and healing to every part of your flesh. So if it's healing and health to every part of your flesh, if you are taking the word in, that it's working its way out into your flesh. It's working to the place, it goes to the weak place, and it strengthens. Instead of weakening your body, it strengthens your body and gives life and healing to that part of your flesh. Now, if you know about it, then you can direct the smart ball. In other words, if you want to direct the smart word of God somewhere, you can speak the word of God to that part of your flesh. You know, when I had the accident and I uh, broke uh, seven bones, seven places in my face, uh, then, uh, of course, the first thing I was saying was, Every bone is in place. I'm serious. As soon as that happened, I said, every bone is in place because it felt like everything was out of place. And if you want to break bones, you probably don't want to happen in your face, you know. So, uh, so I was declaring, every bone is in place. And thankfully, I didn't have to have surgery. They thought maybe that I would. Initially, when they did the MRI and so forth, the doctor looked at it, thought that I'd have to have emergency surgery. They uh, shipped me from one hospital to UMC and, uh, because they were equipped to do that. And so I didn't have to have surgery, and I'm so thankful and grateful. Praise God. But I declared every bone is in place. And another, a verse of Scripture in Acts chapter 3, verse 16, talking about how the man was healed, and he said, through faith in his name, This man whom you see and know is perfectly sound, has perfect soundness. So I began to declare perfect soundness, perfect soundness. So I've been doing it for over two years now. Praise the Lord. Perfect, because it was nerve damage, of course, and then uh, my eye was damaged, and and so I just declare every day I have perfect soundness. And then when I got hit with Bell's palsy in the summer of last year, then I just picked that up and used the same scripture, speaking the word, and of course, other scriptures, redemptive scriptures that we have given to you and taught you. I began to say, perfect soundness in my face, and every nerve. Because the seventh nerve with that was damaged. So, or, you know, it wasn't working right. They said, you know, inflammation of the seventh nerve. And so I started speaking to the seventh nerve. So I've never seen the seventh nerve. But the doctor said it's the seventh nerve. So sometimes the doctors can give you some information to direct that smart word to that part of your body. 
if it's health to all your flesh, sometimes you can find out what your need is and then start directing the word to that place. So the word of God is smart. And I would say the Holy Spirit is smart. You is smart. Some of you. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is smart. The word of God is smart. And the Holy Spirit can get that word to the right place in your body. And if you know the place, you can speak that word and direct it. Whosoever shall what? Say unto this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have what? Soever he saith. So you can direct the word to the issues in your body and begin to declare the word of God concerning that part of your body and declare health and healing to your body by simply speaking the word of God. So my admonition to you, is take your medicine. So redemptive scriptures and uh, healing and redemption just gives you your medication. And somebody says, what's wrong with you? You say, well, I'm on medication. Why are you so happy? I'm on medication. All right. So the Holy Spirit has medicated me with the Word of God, and I'm happy. I'm blessed. I'm enjoying life. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying health and healing, and the blessing of the Lord is on me. Glory to God. So your words, I said your words, have the power to direct God's Word to any place in your body. But there's some things you don't know, Right? I mean, I'm speaking perfect soundness daily and a few times a day. I'm saying I have perfect soundness, and I do it at mealtime because when I'm praying, that's a good time to remember to say what you believe because you're praying, right? So I'd say it, and then I'd say it in between. And so speaking the word, then, of course, I was speaking to my eye. And so since I got two of them, I might as well speak to both of them. So... Speaking perfect soundness. I was directing perfect soundness and saying what I believe regarding my eye. Now, initially, you know, I had a patch on my eye because we were having a meeting that week. So I had a patch on my eye. As one of the children were in the service and they said, Mom, it's a pirate. It's a pirate. <laughs> he was sitting about right here. <laughs> so that whole section, we thought it was laughter in the spirit, but it was, they were laughing. Laughing at what he said. <laughs> he said, it's a pirate. He really thought I was a pirate. He obviously didn't know me very well. And so, so I covered up the bad-looking eye, you know. And it wasn't working as, as it was designed to work. And, but God has restored. Hallelujah. But to this day, I still declare perfect soundness in my eyes. Well, you know, when I was sitting on the platform, I was just, you know, like you all, you were worshiping. Yeah, I, I was probably standing up and worshiping. I was uh, reading my words on that back screen. I got smaller words than you have on this screen. So I'm reading those uh, uh, words, lyrics to the song, and I can't see it very well. So I kind of half know the song, so I'm just singing it. But <laughs> So, you know, how you do 
like it's going to help to lean forward two inches. All right, so, <laughs> so, so I went back in the back, and, you know, I thought maybe my contact, I didn't put my contacts in. Yeah, I got my contacts in. There was something wrong with them. Take them out. I've had contacts for almost probably 30 years. And uh, so, so I took them out. You know, they're not helping, obviously. So I come back, and I can read. So, so I went to the doctor, you know. My wife had, had an appointment with the eye doctor, and the eye doctor, she told him what had happened. He said, well, there, there must be something wrong. You tell him he needs to come in. So I did, you know, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with that? I mean, you know, so, <laughs> so I come in, and he said, you're right at tw- uh, 20-20 vision. So praise the Lord. That was a year ago. So I haven't worn contact since. Praise the Lord. That's a blessing. That's a blessing of the Lord. So the Lord is good, but I wasn't saying 2020 vision. I was just saying perfect soundness, perfect soundness. Glory to God. What a blessing. Well, the Word of God is smart. Now he said, health and healing to what? All your flesh. So sometimes you're directing, but the Holy Spirit is doing more than what you're directing. There's overflow. Hallelujah. And so God's doing more in your body while you're speaking the word of God. And the central nervous system responds to your words. Scientifically, there's your central nervous system responds to your words. So your words mean something. Your words have power. Uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs says. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So your speaking has a lot to do with your well-being. Emotionally, mentally, and physically, and spiritually. So what you say, Jesus said, is what you're going to have. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so then if God's word is medicine... To all of your flesh and every part of your flesh. So your liver, your kidneys, your lungs, your heart. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word of God working in your being. The word of the Lord came to Pastor Vicki, a word of knowledge during our spiritual awakening conference. And after I preached, she had a, a, a word that said, God is restoring and healing people's systems. You know, I really hadn't thought about it. You know, I say digestive system, but I hadn't talked about or thought about other systems in my body. I'm not a medical uh, person, you know, I, so I hadn't thought about it. But the word of the Lord, and I'm sure she hadn't thought about it. I know she hadn't thought about it, but the word of the Lord said the Holy Spirit is, you know, Holy Spirit knows things that you don't know. He can, he can give you a word, a word of knowledge that has, uh, is beyond your knowledge. So she's just speaking that out and the Holy Spirit ministering and healing to people in the church in, the, in, in that meeting that morning. Praise God. But somebody came up afterwards, Mary Wright, and she said, I've been studying this. And she had developed a prayer and praying over all the systems in her body and speaking the word over her systems. Oh, that's good because you're directing it, right? And you're directing it to a certain area of your body and speaking life. Well, you know, people speak death all the time. You might as well change it up. You know, change it up. I feel, I feel, I feel. We all feel stuff here and there, but, you know, 
Man, when I, when, when I got, uh, hit my face, I felt something. <laughs> I felt like everything was out of place. Pow. No. That's not a comic book. Pow. <laughs> that was reality. You know, it hit. It hurt. But thank God, Jesus restores. I said, Jesus restores. I said, Jesus restores. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so, you direct your words. Now, he said, the word of God is medicine. Everybody say medicine. Medicine. Now, one of the verses that we've looked at in our study on healing is uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And God declares himself, I am the Lord that, what? Healeth thee. I'm the Lord that does what? Heals you. So if he is the Lord, our healer, well, other translations said, I am the Lord, your physician. One translation said, I, the Lord, make you immune to diseases. So you can build up your immunity. You can build up your immune system. You can do that naturally, and you can do that spiritually. Thank you, Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, thank God can give life and healing, and God is the Lord, our physician. Now, if he's the Lord, our physician, if he's our doctor, and we thank God for doctors and believe in doctors and appreciate doctors and all that they do in the medical field to help people, right? But God is our great physician, right? God being our great physician, then looking to him as a great physician, you can see that he is then prescribed medication. Hasn't he? Right here. He's just telling you how to take your medicine. He said, my word is medicine to every part of your flesh. Well, if you consider how to take your medicine, he tells us how to take our medicine. Let's go back to verse 20. My son, my son, attend to my words. So he's telling you. To attend to the words. When, when you attend to things, I mean, let's say you've got some uh, business on, on your job, perhaps you've got to attend to. What are you doing? You are focusing your attention on that particular area. So your focus is not everywhere else right now. To be effective in anything, you have to focus on something. We'll say it again. To be effective in anything, you have to focus on something. If you're too scattered, you become unproductive. In other words, I'm all over the place. You know, some people, they're all over the place. Now, your job may require you to have a lot of things going on at the same time, but you have to focus clearly enough on something in order to be effective in that moment, and then you can go to the next thing, because if you're too scattered, you're all over the place, and you're not clear doing this. Right? So then you have to focus, attend to my words, he said. Personal business. So I got to attend to this business today. So you're on your journey. You're going to a certain place of business to take care of some business. So your attention has to be focused on that. You can't go five places at once. You have to go one place at a time, right? So then it means that you have to focus on the Word of God and give your attention to it and say, I'm going to spend some time in the Word. Now, 
when it comes to medical assistance, if you went to the doctor, that would require you to spend time, wouldn't it? It would require you to take the time to make the appointment. It would require you to show up on time. It would require you to be there because when you sign in, what do you do? What time did you, was your appointment? Right? right? What time did you arrive? Right. So, you know, people come in. They say, well, that person's in front of me. Well, your appointment may have been yeah. a certain time. But if they came in on time and you came in 30 minutes late, they might have got ahead of you. Right? All right, so here we are. So you're, you're, at, you're spending your time, so you may sit there for 30 minutes. You may sit there for an hour because you are now on their schedule. In the medical field, generally, you are on their schedule. You don't show up at 10 o'clock, walk in the door. Hey, hello, doctor. It's good to see you. This is the problem. If you have that happen, God bless you. Let me know after service. Where do you go? All right, so... <laughs> But generally speaking, there is time lapse. Thank you, Jesus. So you sit there, so your time is invested. And then you go into another room, and you sit there and you wait again. And so then your time has lapsed, so you've invested time. Because you attended to your health. Right? You attended to your well-being physically, so you spent time doing so. Well, let's attend to the Word because this is an important part of your health and well-being physically. So you're going to attend to the Word. God said, if you attend to my words, then they, the Word of God will be life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. All right? What does he say next? He's just telling us. I mean, if you go uh, to the doctor, he writes a prescription. And you can't read it. Anybody can read it? No, you can't read it. He, writes a, he or she writes a prescription. You take that little piece of paper. You go to the pharmacist. You hand it to them. You, you don't go in there and say, I need uh, 10 milligrams of this. No, you hand them a prescription. Because if you said, I need so and so and so and so and so, they'd say, well, I'm sorry. We can't give it to you. Right? Because you don't have a doctor prescription. You can't come in there and say, I need something requires a prescription. So the doctor writes a prescription. You don't know exactly uh, fully what it is, but you give it to them, and then they bring this to you after maybe an hour. So time has lapsed again, right? So you're spending money. You're spending time. You paid the doctor. Now you're going to pay for the medicine. So you're investing, aren't you? So what are you doing? You're attending to your business. Well, then you take it home. Finally get it. You take it home, and it says to take three times a day with meals, before, after, whatever. It tells you when to take it, how to take it, right? By mouth, you take it in. And then you just decide, you know, I'm not sure that doctor knows. I'm not sure he knows or she knows what she's doing. I think... That's too much. And, and, and you have to decide. Every person has to decide. I'm just using this for an illustration. At times, maybe they did overprescribe, and you may need to make some judgment call there. And, and sometimes that's the case. But nevertheless, I'm just, but, but in order for their judgment to have the effect that you want it to have in your body, you got to take the medicine. 
Otherwise, it's not going to produce what it was meant to produce, is it? Well, God's medicine is the same. You're going to have to take the medicine in order for the medicine to produce what God said it would produce. Because if you didn't take the medicine, you went back for your next appointment to the doctor and you said, Doctor, doctor, I don't seem any better. I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working, doctor. I know you prescribed that medicine for me, but I don't think it's working. He said, well, did you take it three times a day with meals? Did you take that medicine? Well, doctor, well, 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 uh, well, uh, you know, I was not sure that it was going to produce what you said it would produce. I, I wasn't confident. Well, you know, the doctor can't, he can't fix that. He or she can only tell you what they know based on their knowledge, their education, their understanding. This would be the thing that would help you, right? So if you went home and you just kind of looked at it, be like going to, for a meal at a nice restaurant and you didn't ever uh, eat the meal. They brought out a nice meal and you put it, put it in front. It's not exactly the same, but you understand, illustratively. They brought it out. It was a nice presentation, nice meal, but you just kind of looked at it. Well, it's not enough, is it? You got to eat it. You got to get it on the inside in order for it to benefit you and you to even enjoy it. So he says, next, this is your way of taking the medicine. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Is that what he says in your, in your Bible? Incline your ear. In other words, you got to listen. The scripture says, this, it says it this way. You take heed what you hear. In other words, don't listen to everything. Don't believe everything. Uh, don't over-self-prescribe. <laughs> In our world today, people think they're a medical doctor because they've been looking on the Internet. And so, <laughs> I know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, you keep looking, there's going to be a whole lot else looking at. <laughs> In other words, you can't overwork yourself on that. I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't, uh, you know, do a little research, but, you know, you're not a medical doctor, so there's certain things that you don't understand, so you might want to reconsider your diagnosis. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> but study, that's good. Learn, grow in your knowledge, understanding, so you better equip them making decisions. But he said, do what? Incline your ear unto my sayings. In other words, you've got to listen to the Word of God. You got to attend to it, pay attention to it, listen when the Word of God's being taught, listen to the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God and speak it to yourself. So he said, incline your ear to my saying. So that's why we're teaching the Word so it gets in your ear gate. Then what does he say next? He said, don't let it depart from your eyes. Now we're, I'm quoting it here. Isn't that what he says? Let them not depart from thine eyes. So you need to look at the Word of God yourself. If it comes up on the screen, that's great. But you need to look at it more than at church. This is actually a takeout service. So you got to keep the food hot. Take it home, heat it up again. Praise the Lord. Eat it. Enjoy it. Maybe it was more than you could eat in one sitting. So you 
Warm it up again. You know, leftovers are good. I grew up on leftovers. <laughs> I'm still here. All right, so, so, so then you eat the word through the week, not just when you come to church. You meditate on the word of God. So he's giving us a way to get this in us. Then he says, Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, you just continue to meditate on the word and you keep it in your heart. So you're following God's direction. And the next phrase is, those words will become life to those that what find them and health or healing to every part of one's flesh. So every part of your body is going to benefit from your, we could say, meditation on the Word of God concerning healing. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, meaning you should keep it in your mouth or on your lips. This Word of God should not depart from your mouth. It should be in your mouth, on your lips. He said, for if you will meditate on this Word day and night... So you're talking about attending to the words. He's telling us his instruction is to meditate on the word of God day and night. I mean, you say, well, I got to go to work and I got to take care of business. I got to think. I got to do all of these things. But you take breaks for other things like that Coke with uh, 10 spoons of sugar. And you take breaks for like that cookie or that muffin or whatever. You take breaks for that. So take a break. It could be a one-minute break. In your, in your heart. Say, Father, I just want to thank you today that the Holy Spirit is quickening my mortal body. He's given my mortal body life. He's strengthening my spirit. He's strengthening my mind. He's strengthening my body. I want to thank you today that I am redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. You're just eating the word. Because the word meditate means to, it means to pour over. It means to say it again and again. It means to uh, muse or, or, or to think on. But it means means to utter, to mutter, to speak, to talk to yourself. Say what God's Word says to you. So when you're saying by His stripes you're healed, then it sends a message to your body that says you are healed. If you're saying I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, then it sends a message to your central nervous system and to your body that you are strong. If you say I am weak, I am weak. I am weak. I've seen some young people that are weak because they talk weakness. But if you talk strength and talk health, hallelujah, at every phase of your life, thank God. Now, you, yeah, we understand your body may get old, but it didn't say weak. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You, you, in other words, if, if you're experiencing uh, development of your age, yet you're also able to maintain strength and health throughout your life. In comparison to most people, you are like 20 years younger. 
Thank you, Jesus. I said in comparison to most people in the world, you're like 20 years younger. You're like 30 years younger. They're, they're like old at 40. They're over the hill at 40. Man, they're going downhill from here. But you're going on with Jesus. Hallelujah. You're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You're eating your vitamins every day. You're taking the Holy Spirit word every day. You're ingesting the word. You're taking it to your heart. You're keeping it in the midst of your heart and it's giving life and health and strength to your body. It's quickening your mortal body. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you and quickens your mortal body. There is power from the Holy Spirit and power in the Word of God. And if you'll direct that Word to your body, it'll bring health and healing and strength and strength will come up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Jesus is a healer. Glory to God. 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 Jesus is a healer. Hallelujah. He's my healer. He's my strengthener. He's my standby. Glory be to God forever. Man, you can have a long day and work hard, but you can go exercise and feel better than you felt. Isn't that right? Naturally. But spiritually, you can feed on the Word of God and it energizes your inner man, energizes your spirit, energizes your mind, energizes your body, giving you life. Hallelujah. You're better than the energy bunny. Hallelujah. You are, you are ever ready. Praise God. You're full of the Holy Ghost, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Word of God. The knowledge of God's Word is quickening your spirit, mind, and body. Hallelujah to Jesus. I said, hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to him. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody go ahead and praise the Lord for his healing. Health and healing and strength in your body. God is a good, 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 good God. He is our healer. He is our great physician. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 